Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning, the following is the officially sanctioned podcast about the show about four lifelong friends who compete to embarrass each other in public. You know the one. The official Impractical Jokers podcast. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. We're coming to you right now live from on set. We are filming something and it's secretive. How much do you, you love that? We're in a grungy focus group room, <laughs> right. levels down beneath Manhattan's uh, floor. This is the podcast where we break down the episodes of Impractical Jokers. We give you a ton of behind the scenes of how these episodes are created, what goes on, and we're even coming to you from set. My name is Casey Jost. I'm James McCarthy. Danny Green is across from me. Hey guys, how are you? And we have a very special guest. Very special. Stella Psomyas. Hi guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> you could hear my my voice tremble as I said it. Did I nail it? You did, you, you pronounced it correctly. What, you say it better though, clearly. Can you say it? Somyas. Oh, wow. What a cool name. What a cool Greek name. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is great. So Stella, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to get right into what you do on the show. Tell tell the people who are listening what you do exactly. Um, I am the release coordinator. So my main priority is getting people's signatures, which, you know, they have to sign releases in order for them to be a part of our show. If they don't sign, we either don't use them or their faces are blurred, which really defeats the purpose. It's in your hands. Yeah, it's pretty, it's important and it's hard because you never know who you're going to get. You know, you, you could approach someone the same way every time, but it just depends on the person. And, yeah. and the situation of what yeah. what's hap- what the jokers are doing to oh, that yeah. person. Right. And of course, because this is something we hear a lot. Uh, people tweet at us that I want to see uh, people get released on camera. Like they want to see those releases happen. Yeah, the reveal. And what would, what would you think about that? Should they happen on camera or is it more maybe boring than they think? It depends. Honestly, sometimes I wouldn't say it's ever boring because it really depends on the person's reaction. Some people are super about it. They might not know the show at all. And they're like, oh, on camera, sure. Where do I sign? And I think the more interesting um, reveals Mm -hmm. are the people that don't want to sign. Yeah. And then right. we, we turn them and we convince them to sign and explain to them the show and why they should sign and how, you know, it's not all about them. Because some people fear they're going to be on camera f- for like an hour. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a very short <laughs> show and you're just a very small part of it. Right. Well, so, and also, some people think like the, some people don't realize that it happened. I remember like when the show started, I would do releases and I would be like, hey, they, we're just filming for a show. It's a, they, it was the show wasn't even out yet. And I have to be like, it was a show where these guys, they prank each other. And they're like, okay, when is it? And I was like, no, it actually just happened. <laughs> that guy that <laughs> said, hey, mustache or whatever, right. you know? And then they're like, wait, that was a, that was a show. Yeah. They're like, that doesn't sound very funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because of the context. Like they don't even right. know it's happening oh, all the time. Sometimes, you know, it's obvious that someone just reacted with a joker. So when they're approached, I personally would start off and say like, hey, that guy back there that was just blah, blah, blah with you. He's actually not crazy. He's actually yeah. a comedian. Right. But then there's times where they may like, you know, 
do something as the person's walking by. So this person was minding their own business, has no idea. So it makes that more challenging because yeah. they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And you have to explain to them, well, something did just happen. You weren't aware, but anyways, please sign. And right. they have no idea. So. And so how much information do you need to take? Um, a standard release. We just get their signature, their name, their telephone, and their email. We just shoot them an email, let them know when that episode airs. Mm. And their date of birth to make sure that they are over 18. And then if they're a minor, we have a different release for that. And you don't do this all yourself. You have a team of uh, assistants who, yeah. who, who do it for you. Yeah, PAs that are release PAs, correct? Yeah. So on this show, um, you're not just like a standard PA. You have a big role as a releaser, too. So when we're rolling on like, especially an MOS day, which is, you know, mall days or, uh, on the park street. Yeah, or park yeah, anything day. on the street. Right. Um, we have a team and I basically just either I'm sitting behind a monitor looking at all the camera shots, or I'm actually just on the field with them calling the marks and you're the coach, right? I just tell them like who the Joker is messing with, what that person looks like. I'll sign a PA to a mark mm-hmm. and we go on from there. So it's like teamwork is really important in this part of the um, in part of the job because mm. we have to communicate with the others with each other. And sometimes, you know, I don't have eyes on everybody and people speak for other people, like especially when you're releasing somebody and, you know, it's a challenge. You don't want to start talking on your walkie in front of them because it kind of breaks that connection. You just started. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a whole nightmare, too, so, because because, yeah, right. do, does this happen to you? You're ta- this happened to me back in the day. Yeah. I, I, it was a nightmare. Yeah. I used to have nightmares about it. You're talking to the person trying to explain them the show. You have one earpiece in that is listening to what the guys are saying. Another earpiece is in where people are talking on a walkie-talkie to you. And then you're trying to have a conversation. There's three things happening. And then you're someone's like, did you get that release as you're trying to do right. it? And you're like, hold on a second. Or like, you got to move to the next person. And then like the guys are laughing and doing something funny that you need to know. Oh, man, I, I still. It's, it's really stressful it's because really you, you want to communicate to like, who you're reporting to and you want to know what's going on, but you also don't want, like people think it's rude. If you're trying to talk to them, you're asked going to a stranger for their information and their signature. And at the same time, you're like talking about them to someone else. Yeah, they're here. Yeah. I got them. Yeah. Yeah, They they don't seem interested. And the person's like, are you talking about me to somebody else? Right. It's like like your secret service. Yeah. It's like, so what I do for that is like, I kind of tell the PAs like I have, um, if I see someone talk, no Mark. Yeah. And I, I totally get it because I used to release before I was a coordinator and I don't want, you know, it's, you feel rude right. doing yeah. that. So I'll just have another available PA kind of have eyes on them and speak for them. Right. So like, and it's basic, it's basically three steps of one, how is it going? And you could kind of tell their conversation if the person looks angry or happy or whatever Two, like update me. Are they pen to paper? And that literally means the person's pen to paper signing. Wow. And then three, are they taking the photo? Cause like after mm. you get a signature, each release has a different number at the bottom. And then we take a photo of the mark holding the release, just kind of like a second secondary proof that they signed. And it, it works well that way because that way the person signing doesn't have to like break that bond. They're mm-hmm. gaining with the mark. And then we have somebody else speaking for them. That's relaying the information to me. So we're all kind of on the same page that way. Wow, the system has improved yeah. so much. Back, yeah. back when I did it, it was just like oh. I would say in front of the guy, like, I got Chinese guy blue shirt. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Because <laughs> I got black guy red pants. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's hard. It's really hard. And sometimes they're like, like, I'm black guy red pants? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I talk in front of them all the time and just be low key. But if it's somebody that doesn't really want to sign and you're working, like, they're not going to want to sign if we're talking about them to somebody right. else through a microphone. Right. So it works. Or I'll even be like, like, 
hey, uh, Terry, I know you can hear me. You don't have to respond. Just itch your head if it's going well. And wow. he'll low key just Love scratch this. his head and it's just like, all right, got it. Oh, Moving and on. And you're talking about Terry Thomas. Yes, I who am. Who was in last night's episode. He was, uh, what was the guy's name again in the episode case? And writing oh, yeah. Uh, Troy, Troy Chen. Chen. Yeah. Troy Chen. Oh, right, right. That, that was great. Terry. He was also the security yeah, guard yeah. back in Kakao earlier <laughs> yeah. this season. Terry, Terry makes some cameos. He features on the show every here and there, and it's hysterical every He's time. a handsome guy. He's I can see why. Yeah. It's great. They just throw him in a role, and he doesn't even ask questions. <laughs> he just does it. But so your role, this seems like something that you've gotten great at over time, obviously. But can you remember, like, day one or, like, one of the hardest days? Like, what was it like when you're still getting used to, like, all this craziness? Um, yeah, I definitely remember my first day ever with this show. It was my first day ever on any show. So I was, you know, came as a PA and I was new, didn't know anybody. And as a PA, I had to release. And that's when, you know, Kelly Maxwell was calling Marks and yeah. she was like, all right, go over there, block a camera operator. Cause every PA, when we're like in a park, for example, is teamed up with a camera operator to basically just stand with them. So it doesn't, it's like less obvious. Right. So for example, we'll have a hidden camera in a baby carriage oh, yeah. and we might need a PA to stand pretending uh-huh. to hold a baby. I've been that mom. I've been carrying that fake <laughs> really? baby rocking it. Uh-huh. I've and done it's that like a roll of paper towels yeah. or something. Me, and like it was you're me, just me and Keenan yeah. made a great couple. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, well, the, my first day actually, I was paired up with Keenan, um, uh-huh. And he, he didn't have a baby stroller, but there was another time that he right, right. Yeah, but sometimes you do, there's no stroller. You just block the cam. The cameraman's literally filming. And you're oh, like, yeah. So that's, yeah, exactly. So that's what we usually talking. do. So, yeah. like, you know, obviously it'd be a little strange if there's like nine strollers like, facing <laughs> yeah, each other. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, so, so we're with the camera operator, and, you know, Kelly's calling out these marks and describes these people, and is my first day ever. And the first couple, it was, it was hard. It's like really intimidating going up to a complete stranger and trying to convince them mm-hmm. to sign a piece of paper that's, giving permission to put them on television. Yeah, you have to be like a and, completely different person. Yeah, it, oh yeah, it, it's very, it's hard, but it's, you know, obviously over time you, you get yeah. good at it, right? Mm-hmm. So, but this day specifically, um, it was my first day in beginning of season six and we were at Bowling Green Park and the creative, the challenge of the day was the Jokers had to approach a mark and they would have to say, do you agree or disagree that blank, whatever BTS feeds them, right? So Sal approaches this woman sitting on the bench and she had red hair and he approaches her and goes, agree or disagree? Redheads are most likely to be the Judas of the group. <laughs> and oh, hysterical. That woman was very upset. Wow. It was crazy. She like got up, was cursing at Sal, cursing at the crew. Cause when we're in, when we're in that park, we have mm-hmm. like a tent set up and the whole crew is there. It's like very obvious, but not obvious. You know, mm-hmm. like people don't understand it. She comes up to the crew. She's pointing her finger, cursing, like dropping F-bombs and just being nuts, like telling, just basically saying that we're like the dirt of the dirt. And she was furious. And Sal literally turned around and was like, out of like my six years doing this, like no one has ever done this to me. This is the first time like anyone's ever reacted like that. It was, it was really serious. And I'm like, this is my, I was like, is this what it's like? Like, (laughs) what am I getting myself into? It never has that happened again, but it was definitely a memorable first day. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. Everyone, that, that I wasn't there. Not even that bad. I know. I, everyone, I, I wasn't there, but everyone talked about it. Like it like spread through the whole crew, production company. Everybody yeah. was like, "Yeah, this thing happened that's never happened." Yeah. I mean, we've had people, be, you know, be disgruntled here and there, and not want to send a release or storm off, yeah. but never like a big oh, yeah. make a big scene like that. It's yeah. safe to say that woman did not sign. <laughs> yeah, it's just you never know what some people have going on that day, and it was like whatever it was, like that was like 
the straw that broke the camel's back for that woman. Wow, so, that's, a, that's an amazing first day. Stella, yeah. what do you tell uh, new PAs when they're starting on the job? Do you have any rules of thumb you give them? Yeah, teach Danny Green. So he might aspire one day to be a release PA. Yeah, I'm hoping after I go here to uh, move up in my career to become <laughs> a release PA. Absolutely. Well, if you are going to release, um, first things first is that you have to reveal the show. And number one is that we don't sign anybody on the playing field because mm. we're still rolling. So that's playing like a field thing. means the playing field is where we're actually shooting the show. So if we're like in the mall, there's a specific area where the Jokers will basically be. Um, interacting, just be interacting with people, right? Mm -hmm. That will be our playing field. It's usually like where the cameras are. are. Okay. But like sometimes, you know, in a park, they're mobile cameras. They can move to places. But, um, yeah, but often we want a pretty locked down area playing field. Yeah. 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 So we like to sign people off the playing field that way. Mm -hmm. One, you're not on camera doing this Two, If the Joker's still on the floor interacting with people, they don't see it. They don't give it away. We have this big binder that says impractical jokers right on the front. So we have to keep those hidden. Every PA has a book bag with their binder in it. So as a, as you approach a mark, you like, I personally would tell them like, Hey, just so you know, that guy wasn't crazy. He's actually a famous comedian. You were just on this show called impractical jokers. Have you ever heard of it? And it's either they've heard of it or they haven't. If they heard of it, it's, it's helpful. So then, you know, you kind of go off there and they usually sign. And if they haven't heard of it, you explain them the show briefly about how it's four guys. The three of them are over there. I usually point and stuff. Um, yeah, you always kind of also be like, yeah, the joke is on them. They oh, make each other look dumb. Times. You were just like involved in this way. Like you kind of have to like, I mean, it depends on what the situation is. You're not always lying, but sometimes you have to be like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. You're just in it in the background for a second. But like you had a great face or facial reaction to make them look worse. Mm-hmm. Can you sign this? Right. I, I mean, most of the time, if it's something more extreme like that, they know what it yeah. was. Uh, and sometimes tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes people know the show, but they don't recognize the Joker when they're not like out of the pack. Oh yeah. They, all the time. They're like, Oh, I knew that guy looked familiar. But when it's just Murr, it, it looks that that guy kind of looks like Murr from Impractical Jokers, but they don't think it's him. Right. Yeah. He, so he, he could be like any New York city pedophile creep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so they, just, you know, they confuse it easily. Let's talk about this episode. <laughs> this opening bit is like a game changer. It's Favorite. a brand, It's a kind of a brand new thing that we've never really done on the show. Uh, it's definitely a new game. It has uh, elements of uh, older uh, older kind of games, but it, it completely, it's a format buster. It's like a thing we like to say, a format buster, to keep the show fresh. Absolutely. I love when they wear costumes. I mean, I, I think they, and I think they should do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the game came about in a sort of insane way. Right. So I think, Case, this was you. You wanted them to dress up and pretend to be their own twin. Right. I remember there's originally a game called Oh Brother that has never been played. So if you're wondering what was it, it wasn't played. We just talked about it in the room. There's a few things I've always wanted on the show. One of them, which will never happen. And I tried to get it also onto Joker's Wild, the brief uh, sketch show. It's the two of the guys on each other's shoulders with a giant coat (laughs) as if they're kids on each other's shoulders. But they're just a person that's like eight feet tall. That's something that I want to have. It's never going to happen. Have you seen the kids doing that now? Kids are doing that going to Black Panther. Like, yes, trying to get- I, I've seen that. I saw a video of the, these two kids that's on so each other's funny. shoulders, yeah. this <laughs> long coat, just in line to get a movie ticket. Yeah. That's pretty I love funny. That. Yeah. So that's one thing. So this one, I, we had been talking about in the room a lot about the idea of a Joker coming in and saying, and like in a focus group and being like, uh, you know, a moderator would be like, I'm going to be right back. Uh, my twin brother might be here. And then the guys feed him something <laughs> like, and he's got a, he's got a, 
he's got crossed eyes or something like that. Yeah. Just, and then he leaves or whatever. And then the Joker changes his costume and he comes in as the twin brother and he has to then have that attribute that the other guys gave him. Right. But we, we were like, then it ends there. It's not like be like, I'm actually a triplet. And here comes another person. Yeah. So when we were talking with the guys about that, we were brainstorming like how those issues, and now then I think I was like, well, what if you have to convince someone that you're not, that you're a different person and you see how many times you could go through and Sal got really into it and yeah. Sal started playing actually that character that was like, it's amazing how this worked out because he wanted to play that like character that was like, yo, what's up? My name is Balsamic Vin or whatever. And he, and he, I remember he said, he goes, he goes, and then the person goes, wait, were you just here? Sal literally in the room was like, nah, dog. That ain't me. And then, when he, then he just breaks character. He's like, we have to name it that. Like, That's, That's the, the name, name of it. And so we had a card for a long time that said, nah, dog, that ain't me. And it, it, like I, everyone was really, that was one of the bits in like the early season or the pre, pre-production when we're coming up with stuff. That was yeah. one that like all the guys were excited to do. Everyone had their own costumes and stuff. There was like a conversation of like, do you bring costumes or do you just use whatever's there and create it? And I think the guys, especially Joe, and we'll talk about this. Yes. Like, Cole Van Cole is like a character that he used to do with his family. <laughs> like that's an old that's school insane. character that that's he old, used yeah. to do. And back in the day, and like he loves playing characters when he used to do improv scenes and like, you know, and like as the tenderloins, he'd love playing different characters. You, he, he gets, he got to really play it up and you could tell like even that the, uh, who's the other guy with the top hat, like a Russian guy, the Russian guy in the fur coat. At yeah. First. Yeah. Like you could tell, like he, he was like, I was like, have you done this character before? Like you, you're so <laughs> Joe in, is in MVP. It. Joe is MVP of yeah, this challenge. I think so. A hundred percent in my mind. Cause he, he also stopped. He never got caught. He just was like, he called that. He knew Sal lost. So he was like, you know what? I'm done. He's like, I'm out of, I'm out of costumes. Yeah. He's like, I want to send the crew home early. And that's when <laughs> Sal came back and he's like, no, they're going till nine 30. I'm going again. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's a format buster, too. <laughs> pissing off the crew. Uh, I love Sal's prosthetic, too. He had a prosthetic nose. Yeah. First prosthetic on the show. Yeah. I don't know. Is that true? I, I'm just yeah. guessing. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Murr puts prosthetics on all the time. You just don't see them. Really. <laughs> when he was in uh, with Annika McKellar in the yeah. red, white and blue. Bikini. Below the belt prosthetics. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Cole Von Cole was funny. Also, that line, when because everyone, when they're like the, the focus group person is asking, like, how your experience was, everyone's like, good, good, like trying to. Cole Von Cole just comes out with atrocious and starts <laughs> ripping into it. I know. The BTS and the whole crew is dying. Like, right. not He's all just that stuff off. makes it onto camera. Everybody in the crew was dying during Joe's turn. It was like deaf comedy jam. Like, every character was so good. Yeah, I, I want to also say that Murray did a great job. I, I, you know what? All he the surprised guys, himself. He Murray didn't think he was going to do good. He showed up like some days, like you kind of know what challenges you're going to win or whatever. He's like, oh, put pocketing. Maybe he's got a good chance. He's like, this one, he just didn't think he was gonna like be there at the at the end to like be one of the like in contention to win it like jennifer convertibles or jen convertibles that was was really like he didn't have anything else and he just like pulled a few things like from other costumes that were just hanging around like that was that original idea almost or one of the ideas that like you could just find you have to find stuff and put it on i mean he obviously (laughs) went bananas yeah it looks like he got dressed in the dark it was absolutely hysterical (laughs) he's also really good at that scooter by the way that little mini scooter yeah he's really good wow this is amazing uh rob emmer just how's it going hey buddy please have a seat this is incredible i i mean this is I feel like <laughs> we're talking about costumes. I don't think anyone has wore more costumes on the show than 
like Fat Crow himself, uh, the uh, t- tortoise, what is it? Karate tortoise. The karate tortoise. Karate tortoise, yeah. Have a seat right here. Welcome to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. Oh, that's what I'm walking in on. Cool. Yeah, man. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you? Hi, everybody. I got to say, uh, this is great. I got to say, Rob, you're. I think you're really cashing in on your fame on the show. I see that your Twitter's <laughs> blowing up. Please tell everyone your Twitter. Uh, the Real Fat Crow at Twitter. At The Real <laughs> Fat Crow. That's right. On Twitter. Well, Last summer. Is there a personator? Is there a fat well, crowd? Well, here's the thing was last summer, my whole thought was that at the, that point, uh, I wasn't known as me. <laughs> I was known as the fat crow. Okay. So my thought was I would create an entire fake persona mm-hmm. about around the fat crow because, hey, they know them. You know, everyone knows him. And then lo and behold, last summer when we shot Walking Dread and had that interview with uh, Joe and Q and, and uh, Burr. First, that was the first introduction for the world to me. Right. And then I had the thing with Joey Fatone. And with the inside jokes things, you know, people know my name now. So kind of like midway had to completely reverse course. Mm -hmm. So now I have the real fat crow as my Twitter handle, which is hilarious. But at the same time, I'm trying to just be me now. I, I pitched, I was really pushing for this, and I, it might still happen, but I really wanted an episode where you were involved in every single one. Yeah, that, the <laughs> like, guys wanted it too. Yeah, I don't even know are, if you know how much they talk about you, yeah, how much yes. they want you to be in challenges. Yeah, yeah. it's often that they're like, like somebody else is just like, guys, we can't, not that one of the jokers, but someone's like, I, we can't have Rob Emmer in every bit. And then I was like, what if he oh had an God. episode where he could just like get it all out? <laughs> And then, like, you know, have them come in other times, but, like, really use them. Case, I got to pull this up. Even if you're just involved. Like- I would, I'm, I'm happy to be involved any which way you want me, especially since I'm now unemployed. So, yay. <laughs> Great. Uh, Careful with banging the table. I didn't realize we'd make that much of a noise. You're fired already. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Um, this is I, fantastic. I'm going to try to pull up one of these ideas. Oh, for you. Get a little closer to your mouth, oh, too. Oh, Sure. Nice, nice. You know, is that better? This is your, this is your first time on the official Practical Jokers podcast. Yes, Stella just walked in here like a natural. Oh, there we go. Here I am. Uh, so this is interesting because so Rob, when I started, we both started around the same time, the yeah. same time, and I had to do releases. Did you ever have to do releases? I I didn't do releases on the first season because I was terrible at doing them. Yes, uh, but I what that. I did was I I, w- I did releases on the pilot. Um, yes. 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 You see, I didn't work on the pilot. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did some music for it, but you were actually there. I was You're, hired. You outrank me. You've been around longer. I was hired two days before the first day of shooting. So I've literally been there since the very beginning. Wow. Look at that. Why were you so bad on releases, Rob? Uh, because especially at that time, I was terrified of like trying to get people to sign these things, especially. I remember specifically, I was there at Costco. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after Don't Call Me Mustache. Mm-hmm. And especially Costco were like really angry people. And it was just a matter of I was terrified of going up to these people and be like, hey, you're just not a TV show you've never heard about. Like, <laughs> sign your name here so we can show you on camera. Like, yeah, it was a little nerve wracking, especially on the pilot, because uh, on the pilot, no one knew who we were. Right. Well, nowadays it's changed a lot. Right. So nowadays right. all the all the PAs, which there are more of than just one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They have, uh, like, pictures or actual video on their phones? Right. Sometimes I'll, you know, have the PAs if we're, I keep saying park, but if we're on a park day, obviously we've done many park bits. Um, I'll tell them, hey, I'll tell them, hey, pull up a video. Sorry, we had some interference outside. (laughs) No worries. There was a child running around yelling. (laughs) We're filming Impractical Jokers. You never know. There might be a child running around yelling. Yeah, there's many children. I'm not really sure why. So I'll just go (laughs) on. Please. They're just here. Continue. 
Um, but yeah, so sometimes we'll have, you know, pull up, pull up a video on YouTube of a park day to show people. So when you approach them and they think you're crazy, just be like, no, we actually do this all the time. We actually have been to this specific park before. Look, and you just show them like 30 seconds, not even of this video. They actually see like, oh, this is a legit thing. This is actually real. Like it has, you know, right. X amount of views. It's it's legit. And it kind of influenced people to sign and there's a bunch of different things or ways to motivate people to sign, but because if you have a clipboard and you come up to someone, someone's going to be like, no, I, you know, oh, I, and me, yeah, I, I don't I, want to take your survey. Oh, right. I'm not interested. I'm like, ah, right. that's not what this is. Come back. <laughs> I know. And then you're like, well, actually I can't give you, I don't want to give you money and you can't, t- I don't need your money. I just need your likeness and image Yeah, <laughs> forever. <laughs> yes. That's what the paperwork Please says. Please sign here. I remember you were really good at getting releases signed. Yeah, I was, I, I I hated how good I was because yeah. I would keep getting put in that job and I didn't want to do yeah. it. I actually started telling people like, uh, you know, this was like wishful thinking. You know, I was like a PA. The, there wasn't room for like what writers were. I would yeah. I would help them with that stuff. But at the early seasons, it was just kind of insane. But well, I used it was to, such a small crew. Right. Yeah. But I used to tell people that I'm a I'm a producer. Oh, I still <laughs> I, do that. Yeah, you Cause do. Because if you tell someone you're a production assistant, first of all, they don't know what that is. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Second of all, everyone knows, like, everyone knows the term producer. I'm a television Dire- producer. Director. They're right. like, ah, oh, yeah. Like, that, you know what I mean? Welcome to so, Hollywood. Exactly. New York. Yeah, Hollywood. We're, like, I imagine somewhere that, in Queens. <laughs> I imagine if I was doing it now, that would instantly occur to me to say that. But at the time, I was, like, 25 in the pilot when we were doing it. So that like that idea was like, wait a minute, I could lie about that? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you were just a just child. I could say I'm a producer? Rob, yeah. I just found an email with ideas for ways the guys wanted to use you for today or no, not for today. <laughs> no, this is just for in general. I think and this was the, ep- was this the episode? This is, yeah. I'll have to set up in a different way because this one's not getting used. And I want you to read these lines. They wanted you to be wearing a suit made of money. So a suit made of <laughs> bills, dollars, hundreds, whatever. And you'd be on a, on a Bluetooth walking up and down and saying these lines. It's number 25. If you could please read a few of those lines. So imagine, Rob, if you will, you're in a suit made of money. You're on a Bluetooth. You're a very high-powered executive. I got to get down to the wax museum. They're letting me go nuts at the Divas exhibit for 15 minutes. (laughs) Wait, what was that? Letting you go nuts at the Divas exhibit? Divas exhibit for 15 minutes. That was a tongue twister. Hit us another one. Listen, baby, I got to go. I'm getting fitted for a new yarmulke down at the temple. It's my nephew's bar mitzvah next week. (laughs) Nice job. Nice. All right, Scarlett, if you don't do it, Jennifer Lawrence will. That's what I thought. <laughs> I would do that for all I would do that for you for all the rice in China. Now buy me Google. <laughs> buy me Google. That's great. Nice job. Thank you. Very nice. Wow. So hire him if you need somebody to play that character, because we might not be. But I, I do want to jump back in. So we you have not seen this yet, which is amazing. But we just did a we did a bit recently where the guys dress up um to try to fool the public. It's it's you'll when this episode comes out, you'll yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um so we were talking. So Murr had a bunch of cool costumes. Yes, he's very good with the hoverboard. Yes, very good. He but he did fall off it yes. like briefly, but he recovered pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh I think that it, I think, yeah, he, I think his costumes were almost the most Murr. Like, like Sal's looked like him, but Murr, I think, really. <laughs> yeah, well, Murr, he played uh, the creep that the he creep. does in the live show yes. as well, in one of the bits in his, their live show. I loved uh, his, like, Ali G character. Did Ali, he just <laughs> did Ali G, yeah. Right. <laughs> he tried his best to be Ali G for a little bit. But that was cool. I liked his, you know what I think? Murr's, Murr's acting chops really showed. 
Yeah. Um, like he, he sort of was like his body language changed from each character. Yes. You know, Q also had some really smart strategies. Everyone brought their themselves to the table. Right. Sal brought his failure to the table, <laughs> but Q, Q like, you know, he, he did a thing where he didn't have an arm. He had an eye patch. I virtually just came out with the eye patch. That was just Brian Quinn that came out. Right. So this is something for the fans at home to know. So you guys saw all the Jokers come out. What you didn't see is in between each of the Jokers' turns, we were all going out there and pretending like we just left a focus Oh, I didn't group. know this. I wasn't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you guys didn't see that. So really there's like four or five people that go out and get like cards in between each Joker. So I remember I went out in between Q's turns and that guy was terrible at his job. Like that guy did not give a mm-hmm. crap about anything. Like... I went out there, and we're all having fun. We're, like, taking each other's names. Yeah, we started having fun with it because we, you know, the whole point was so the person wasn't, like, these same four guys keep outrageous costumes. So it was, like, throw some normal people in the mix. That was a conversation. And and we were being, like, we were just having, like, little, like, church laughs with each other. Like, I'd go out and pretend to be, like, Al, our uh, camera guy. Yeah. So I'd say his name just, like, make him laugh in the BTS. And he's, like, not even writing down my name correctly. I'm, like, he's, like, what borough are you from? I'm, like, Queens. And he's, like, Brooklyn. I'm, like, dude, like, you're not paying any attention. Wow. He was really bad. So did you fire him? I corrected him. I was, like, <laughs> I didn't say Brooklyn. And like, Really? Yeah, because I was, like, pay attention, man. I'm producing here. Right. Nice job. <laughs> Come on. Wow. Even playing field over here. But, yeah, that, so that, this bit was one of my favorites. It was a long bit in the cut. So the episode is I, I bet you, you know, some people might be like, oh, this episode was too short. But really, it's it's there was a long bit where we kind of broke the form. And then we did a Joker versus Joker that I think is super funny. Writing those, help. Are those other two turns going to show in another episode? Probably. I mean, we filmed them all. Right. But I had an idea case. Yeah. I've got some deleted emails from writing help Beautiful. right now that we can read. And I think who better to read them? Than Rob and Stella. Excellent. We <laughs> got a couple. Great. Sound good? So this is just, again, exclusive. Exclusive here exclusive. for the Impractical Jokers podcast. This is great. So, Writing help is one of my favorites. James, maybe you could have a, like an exclusive sound effect. Exclusive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is it a sound effect? Did you just whisper the word? <laughs> exclusive. Nice, oh, Rob. Wow. Rob, you're not unemployed anymore. You have my job. It doesn't pay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Stella, why don't you read this one? To Jamie. All right. Jamie, wow. I was so D to the runk last night. You have to understand that I didn't burn your movie script on purpose. I was just so D sauce. And I know we just had a big fight about the script and stuff like that, but that had nothing to do with why I burned it. It was just so drizzy, rizzy. I'm sure you'll remember the script. Very nice. Very nice. Stella, nice job. Great nice read. read. No corrections on that email. I would send it right away. I would send it. All right. Why don't you read uh, Dear Mr. or Mrs. Phillips, Rob? Beautiful work. Dear Mrs. or Miss Phillips, I am the man in the little vest that you picked up Gabby from your daughter Sarah's party, and I would like to apologize for Gabby's gift. A 10-year-old woman should not have received what Sarah did, but if I can explain, you will see how Gabby is not at fault. Gabby sees my using this device at home and sees the joy I get from it. She took it from my sock drawer, and the rest is history. I told her that toy is only for adults and could be harmful or even kill a little woman. Please accept this little this gift card to White Castle as a token of my forgiveness. Also, if I can get my pipe back, that'd be sick. <laughs> nice read, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. Danny Green, you want to do one? Sure. You I got any more? One. Yeah, I got one. I don't think this one was on air. It's a uh, Hey Adam. Hey Adam, I can't tell you enough how sorry I am about buckles. 
I feel horrible. I do have one request. Can you stop telling people about it? Everyone in the neighborhood is calling me the dog murderer. <laughs> I am not a dog murderer. We both know Buckles got loose and ran into the street. He's done that several times. And again, I swerved out of the way, not into the way like everyone is saying. The soccer coach doesn't want me to assist him because the kids are afraid of me. Sorry. And please stop telling people I murdered your dog. <laughs> Very nice, Danny. Excellent. Excellent reads. This is one of my favorite ones to work on. I love writing those things. I love yeah. I love doing that stuff. That's the, I mean, all these kind of challenges that we have to, like, you know, write like yeah. lines for or, or things like that. But these are really fun. They're long. They take a long time. Yes. Yeah. They take a while. And they're just really fun. Also, I need to call this out. I, I texted you this picture last uh-huh. night, Casey. And again, I'm just going to show Rob and Stella and Dan Green here. Pictures on a podcast. So, here we go. well, <laughs> because I bet. <laughs> hey, I just gave thumbs up to a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I'm pretty sure this is going to go viral and probably be on Twitter already because this was in the episode. We filmed at what was the name of the place, Case Culture Espresso? Yeah, Culture Espresso. And so in the BTS, there is a pic, there is a cut where it says C U and then there's Q's face and then T. In the cut. So there's going to be this image right here. Uh, so it's a real CUQ oh, wow. Tuesday. Yeah, CUQ Tuesday that's is basically awesome. what's going to be online. So I'm assuming that's viral by now. I think, yeah. So so if you you could go back and you want to take a little screenshot and send it to Danny Green, that would be great. We'll tweet it out. But it was just like, I was like, oh, that looks like a very dirty word. Unless you're in England where it's just a regular word. <laughs> Let's talk punishment. <laughs> I mean, impractical joker punishments are getting weirder and weirder. They have to. They just have to get weird and because, more brutal. God yeah, damn. I mean, yeah. sometimes you have ones that are just flat out funny, yeah. and maybe it's not as brutal. But this one is pretty tough. Like I was watching it and being like, I don't, I don't want to be in his, sh- his shoes because, like, even if, even if, if afterward you get to tell them, like, hey, we're filming a show, it's it, that wasn't real. Yeah. This one has this element of like, I don't even want to do it. At all. Like, I don't even want to go up to somebody and, and mention this because it's so awkward. You know, like, it's so, it's, it's hard. But Sal's the cringe king. Yes, he is. Yes, For he anyone is. Who, who might not have seen it, why don't you explain what, what sure. happened? Okay. So Sal had to basically, in, during a dance class, go up to people and uh, ask them to spend the night with one of them. Uh, he said, I, I'm like, a well, I'm wealthy, I'm independently wealthy, and I could give you a little bit of money if I could sleep with your wife or oh, wow. husband or both. Like a boyfriend, kind of girlfriend. Thing. It's an indecent proposal punishment. Indecent <laughs> proposal. Exactly like the movie. Yeah. And this was a punishment that, that the other three had kicked around for a while. And they were like, you know, Sal's going to do it. And uh, well, like, and that's another behind the scenes. It was almost Joe. At one point, they were cons- the other two guys were considering yeah. switching it to Joe. And then they decided to keep it Sal. on Sal. Because I think nobody wants to see a married man do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also think that Joe just would have dived into it. I mean, Sal, it's way more awkward. Joe, yes. I think, would have just yep. gotten into it and just would have been, like, funny. But it wouldn't have been nearly as cringeworthy because it's yeah. Joe. Because, like, Joe, even from BTS, like, will throw out lines that you know that, like, that Sal's not going to say. But yeah. he, like, he kind of, like, tests the water. And you get to see a little bit, like, how he would do it. Yeah. Which would be funny. But, like, Sal's. Sal's oh, Sal is yeah. so, Sal is so much better for that. Yeah. So was it uncomfortable for you? Um, well, being that I had to sign those people in the dance class that genuinely (laughs) thought they were there for a dance class, it was probably, it was like six couples. So total of 12 people. And I told the PAs right away. I was like, guys, usually I'm like, like, we push for a yes. Like no matter what you have to do, like 
we'll send in backup. If these people don't want to sign, like you can't force them being that the creative was like, it, right. it was hysterical, but like it was risky because obviously people may take offense or whatever. So at the end, when it was all over, so some people walked out that wouldn't even look at us. Like they were upset with the da- the actual dance instructor yeah. who was the only person in on it, obviously. And uh, other people were like, yeah, it's hysterical. But it was honestly like 50-50. And usually we get like nine out of ten times people sign. But this was like a – it was hard. It was hard. And I'm sure, you know, in the, in the final cut, it's – you can't really tell because, you know, they try to use more of the people that did sign versus yeah. the people that were blurred out. But – and in in, it was hard, but it's actually funny because in the beginning, like like you said, like Joe would have just dove into it where yeah. Sal was, it took him so long. And the boys at BTS were just like barking at him, like, just do it, just do it. You got to start. <laughs> right. and, and the punishment um, was that he had to approach every couple. So it wasn't like yep. do it to a couple people. The punishment was over after each couple was approached. So eventually he just was like, screw it. And he started going up to each couple and like one after the no- one after the next. But the first like half was very difficult for him. Yeah. <laughs> and some people looked at him like he was absolutely insane. And there was actually a couple that were interested. Yeah. And it yeah. blew my mind. I was like, is anyone else listening to this right no, now? That was my biggest fear. My was, biggest fear was someone was like, yes. And then well, Sal has to be like, oh, wait, no, this is fake. Was, and then that's they where was, the real punishment starts. Was, you right? got to go through with it. It Because then now, <laughs> but now these people are in this position that they realize what they just essentially agreed to. And when we're like, oh, it's just a joke. They're like, oh, well, that, hmm. So it was, it was very interesting. It, I was just, I was like, it, are they with, because you saw the couple whispering. Basically, like, I think it was, you know, he right. was like his husband and wife, let's say, whatever. They were, and he was just like, you know, should we do it? And she was like, oh, I don't know. Like, basically discussing right. it, and they you could see them like, on camera. Let's just think of a number. <laughs> yeah, like, really talk. And it was hysterical. You knew in Sal's face. Like, he was like, no way right. are they actually, like, considering this offer. And other people were like, what? It was very funny. It was a very interesting um, punishment in general, but it was really funny. There's also a really funny moment in this punishment because the guys are so used to, again, just saying and doing what the other guys tell them. But there's a moment where Q says into the mic in BTS, speaking of hard, and Sal just says it instantly. He goes, speaking of hard. And, like, before he registers it, and you can tell Q didn't expect him to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it happens like, a lot. It happens yeah. a lot. Happens but that was, like, Mur. one of those moments where you just catch it. Right. He was so shocked Sal actually said it. Yeah. It was yeah. great. It happens to Murr all the time where the guys say a thing just as a joke, and then he says it. And then they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, But it's like that's the whole show. Yeah. But, like, you know, even they even know that, like, there's some things you shouldn't say, and Murr some, somehow just says it. Right. It'll, like, especially if it's, like, something that's, like, not family-friendly. Like, the guys oh, will yeah. just be saying it to, yeah. like, something that will never air, like, C-U-Q-T. And then, like, <laughs> and then Murr just says it, and the guy's like, no. Well, like, you know, it's like sometimes there'll be a game that's, like, about, and they throw water, like, getting water thrown in your face. Yeah. And then, like, it's not a refuse you or lose. And they say a thing yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> sometimes it works to your advantage where it's like, you know, I dare you to rub this guy's chest hair. I'll give you 20, uh, 200 bucks for it. Yeah. That's one version of it. But just to say something that's. Fed to you when you don't even have to is that's out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Rob, Stella, Danny Green, Dan on the ones and twos recording us, James McCarthy, myself, Casey Jost. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a great uh, podcast episode based on a great episode. We had a lot of fun. James, this is great. Do you guys, what are your Twitter handles again? At the real fat crow. Yes. Cause there's so many fake ones, but yes, the, <laughs> at the real fat crow. And at Stella PSO. That is my Twitter. Mm, there it is. And of course, Dan, so this is uh, real quick. Danny Green has been saying this Danny G99, what is it? 
Danny G 49. He's been saying this every time. That's not his Twitter handle. No, no. that's my Instagram. You're right, but we, when we've talked about Twitter handles, that's so I, I haven't posted anything on Twitter since uh, our um, hamster died in in 2012. <laughs> Danny Green Unleashed. It's okay. I just lied. I had to check that's my Twitter. It's actually my Twitter is actually Stella underscore. Ah, PSO. okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah. your Twitter, after all the hot release yeah. news. Your Twitter's Danny Houses. Danny's House. Danny N N Y S H O U S. Danny's House. I don't know how he got whose house. Danny's House. Got that awesome handle. When I first signed on Twitter, that was like a hot thing to do. Just hey, it was your house. That's. That is fake news. And no, no new hamster. Okay. Well. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Y- y'all are the best. Cole, See you Cole. Next time. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you.